Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Behind the Timeline. I am your co-host, Scott. With me, as always, is the ever-lovelier Lindsay. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. <laughs> every time. Every time. Um, so I'm actually, like, low-key kind of excited about this episode because we're doing Pinocchio. Um, and this movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like as it should. It yeah. It just rewatching this was like, it was so difficult. Oh my god! It just, well because like I have little nephews now, and like my one nephew is he's you know he's about to start first grade, and this movie is basically a cautionary tale about trusting strangers, but it's also like the failings of parents. So like, there's just there's a, a lot, lot to unpack. In a this lot movie. the latter, yeah. yeah. Like there's this movie is it is pure nightmare fuel though. Like I think what's uh, like the to boil it down, what's crazy about this movie is like yeah, that's kind of the cautionary tale and the lesson. And but like the way that they give us this lesson in this movie is just fucking insane. Oh yeah. Like it's just they could have toned it way down to get the same message across to kids. It's just really really aggressive. So I'm I'm also excited to talk about this cuz it is genuine nightmare fuel. It is terrifying and I have so many questions. Oh yeah. About Pinocchio. <laughs> Absolutely. Um but before we do that, let's set the mood a little bit. The year is 1940. And where we are is one year into World War II. This movie went into production before the start of the war, however, and again, our good old boy Roosevelt is still president. The Oscar winner that year, which, shout out to my mom, this is my mom's favorite movie, uh, was Gone with the Wind. However, the top grossing film was our good old boy Pinocchio. And where it sits in the timeline, this is Disney's second full-length feature animation film, but it came yeah because okay that's right sorry I, I got mixed up with the dates for a minute uh fantasia <laughs> came out a whole year and almost a year and a half after this a fan so i wanted to ask about this because we had this somehow you and i have this like different in our notes but fantasia was i believe just later in 1940 so i thought it was too and then i'm looking it up on imdb last night uh, Pinocchio came out in February of 1940. Right. And Fantasia came out in September of 1941. That's so weird because our, like, Wikipedia, where I have, like, the master list of the movies and their dates, it's giving me November 1940. I know, and I'm actually, I want to look that up to make sure I'm not totally wrong. I, oh, it did I come tried out to in Google 1940. it. What the fuck? I'm Maybe like, I IMDb think it's 1940. Wrong. I don't well that's wild that IMDB says that but I also know that all all of these movies Fant okay Fantasia in particular might have a weird release date because it was a road show like oh, Fantasia might have been out in theaters and on the road for like through 1941 that's not ridiculous so let's we'll look at that when we when we talk about Fantasia more because mm -hmm. Fantasia is just weird I don't know that it has a release date that's the way that we think about a release date. Like, it yeah. was out for so long in different places with its crazy audio system. That's true. I don't Actually, know. I didn't even think of that. But, so, IMDb is clearly wrong, then. Or, I just don't know how to take notes or read. Or both. It's probably both. <laughs> or, 
I don't know, <laughs> but I think they both came out in 1940. I, we're for sure, go Pinocchio that, yeah. was first. Yes, no question, 100%. Pinocchio was the second Disney movie in the Golden Age. So we're still in the the initial Golden Age of of Disney. Mm-hmm. Second in the timeline, and and I gotta say, like, what a what a swing to take for your oh, second movie. I mean, Seriously. holy shit, everybody, like. <laughs> Dude, I reading some of the like trivia and fun fact f- stuff for this, everyone expected this movie to fail. Like it Yeah. It all oh, it was crazy. And for those that want to keep like the statistics for it and stuff, uh Snow White cost 1.4 million dollars to make, which was unheard of not only in the 30s but in the midst of a great depression. However, that's nothing compared to Pinocchio, which cost more than almost double. Pinocchio cost two point two eight million dollars. That's insane, dude. I really? know it's it's crazy. And here's the thing: Walt like, was out of his mind. He was, and that's the thing. Like he took those big risks, and no one believed in him. And then over time, people were like, dude, this guy's like super onto something. Like maybe we should. And he was smart too. He wasn't like MGM at the time was pumping out movies back and forth and back and forth and like a month after month and month. No, he took his time to work on these films and was okay doing one or two a year. Which, if you look at the current roadmap for Disney movies, we'll take the MCU for example. The MCU is the exact same way. We get one we get two maybe sometimes three marvel movies a year tops yeah this year's kind of a little bit crazy we get four but i mean oh no do we we? black widow eternals shang chi is that all happening in 2021 yes it is because the last movie in 2021 is spider-man no way home Oh shit! All right. Well, and then and plus all the shows. So well, uh, okay. Yeah, but the, so. but COVID pushed a lot of this into yeah. 2021. That's the thing. Like I think a lot of that stuff was supposed to be last year. But so this year is a little crazy. But you're mm. right. It's usually two ish Marvel movies a year. But then yeah. we're also getting like one to two Disney movies and yep. one to two Pixar movies. Right. So exactly. there's like a and also you might get a Star Wars in there. So there's, yep. a, there's a lot happening with Disney, which is, you know, kind of what we're going to talk about on this podcast in general. Yeah. But yeah, Disney yeah. Walt was like really taking it easy. I mean, this this is three years after Snow White came out. Yeah. And and what I think is is really crazy is that they wait until 1950 to put out another Disney, uh, sorry, princess movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. It's crazy that they just jumped into these very, very odd stories to tell. Like Pinocchio was a very weird, if you boil it down and I'll, I'll actually let you read the plot summary, but if you boil it down, Pinocchio is a crazy ass story. Like from start to finish. And it's it's one of the, it's the first movie where I legitimately had just completely unanswered questions. Yeah. Just there are things that just go completely unexplained. 
And I can't wait to talk about them because they're fucking weird things, too. It's yeah. not like, I mean, there were some questions in Snow White, but this is like really out there shit. And, the, and to be, as we, as we said in the last episode, this movie and Snow White are the only ones without a Disney-made sequel. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. like they made some other studio made some weird live action Pinocchio that I haven't seen. But I remember that. Yeah. yeah, it came up when I was kind of researching this and I was like, nope, <laughs> just yeah. kept moving. I was like, I <laughs> We're keep this is exactly <laughs> as much Pinocchio as I need. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about nightmare fuel. I know exactly. I know exactly what the cover of the movie you're talking about looks like. That's too. what I'm talking about. It makes me want to like never close my eyes again. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to watch that and then know nothing about it. But I mean, yeah. we don't get any answers to these questions from Disney. Like this shit just lies like it's and it is insane so so let's get into the plot summary here so a toy maker in a small swiss village creates a marionette with the likeness of a small boy seeing the famed wishing star the toy maker prays that his creation is brought to life granting his wish almost the blue fairy sets a task for the marionette to accomplish citing three noble virtues to stand by truth bravery and selfishness if he can accomplish these selflessness. things, selflessness, sorry. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> and selfishness. Well, I will say, here's he the is thing. really selfish, yeah. He has to do these three things to become a real boy, but like, I don't know that he really does a great job about anything. No, he doesn't. At the end of the day, but yes, yeah, no. selflessness. So truth, bravery, <laughs> and selflessness. But Pinocchio is selfish as fuck. Yeah, and he was. And it is not his fault. And that's mm-hmm. really my biggest takeaway from this movie. Yeah. It's Pinocchio did nothing wrong. 100%. This, every single thing that happens is no failing of Pinocchio. It's right. the failing of those around him. Specifically, Jiminy. Which, we didn't mention this in the, in the Snow White episode, but Disney started the idea of Easter eggs all the way back with Snow White. One of the dwarves, when I think you brought all this up. All of the dwarves. Yeah, but oh yeah, they all yelled Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, right when they discover that Snow White's at the house, they all say Jiminy Crickets. It's a plural. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching Snow White, I was like, "The fuck!" (laughs) Like, (laughs) excuse me, because I'm like, "All right, I know that Pinocchio hasn't come out yet." what is this a colloquial thing like Mm. what am i looking at and it is it's a euphemism for jesus christ as an expletive um kind of like saying cheese and crackers yeah right and but it also is an easter egg for pinocchio Mm -hmm. which is absolutely wild it is and what i think and i didn't even think about it like i had seen your note about it but i didn't really think much of it until i started watching pinocchio yeah. And because of the Marvel movies, I'm I notice like I'm always looking for background shit mm-hmm. and Im- immediately at the beginning of this movie, first of all, this movie is again continuing the tradition of the film starting with a book opening and telling the tale of you know, basically the the plot or whatever. Or in this case it's narrated the and plot. it's narrated by well yeah, the plot. It's it's narrated by Jiminy Cricket. But if you pay super close attention when he's trying to open the book in the very beginning, to the left is uh, very, very dimly lit are two other books, Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland. Really? Yeah. And what's amazing about that is 
both of those films would not be released until the 50s but Disney was working on them at the time he was already storyboarding Peter Pan when That's Pinocchio incredible. started yeah Walt was really and I know you know maybe we'll do a deep dive into Walt at some point because I know he had his failings like I want to put that yeah. out there like I know that he wasn't a perfect human and he was such a genius mm-hmm. it's it's and it is really cool how that kind of stuff like the easter eggs and the planning ahead and drawing these little details in like this really is a huge part of the legacy of Disney obviously it's like what created the MCU right oh, it's yeah. like yeah. it was the first step to making this kind of connected universe that we're going to talk about later a lot but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's cool to see it all the way back you know in the first ever Disney movie that that mm-hmm. stuff really does kind of come from Walt I think is really yeah. cool I um, agree the other thing I want to hit on, like, right in the... Actually, well, we'll talk about the... the so the Jesus Christ euphemism mm-hmm. that we have Jiminy Cricket narrating the story. I think that's kind of the point there, that we're kind of... I'm watching that. Yeah. I'm with you, right? Of like, okay, what's what's going on here? Um, but I also want to point out kind of the Disney warnings at the start of each one. Yeah. Um, this one gets a tobacco warning. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally a... Oh, I, I almost lied. <laughs> I was like, it's like a two-second scene in the beginning of the movie, and then we never see it. And I'm like, wait, Pleasure Island. No, like, I'm a fucking there's idiot. so much. Yeah. It was uh, it was a lot. But it's every that's that's the crazy thing to me is it's everywhere. It wasn't like this hidden or like you miss it and you like it's just like a background character has a cigarette in his mouth. Mm-hmm. No, this is like active and boisterous usage of tobacco yeah (laughs) really like enthusiastic tobacco abuse like it is it is aggressive and we'll talk about it when we get to pleasure island because that's when it does get ridiculous we'll also talk about it with my boy geppetto who i can't wait to discuss in a second because he is just just awesome but like (laughs) i the the tobacco warning was interesting and i and i want to point out like to listeners the difference between we're going to get some of these warnings about context around like race in particular mm. coming up next in Fantasia, right? Like we're going to, and everyone's kind of aware that Disney plus is doing this on some of its properties, right? Yeah. So we're going to point it out when it's happening, but there is a, what I thought was an interesting difference between those warnings and this tobacco warning. Cause this one didn't come up like the, the racial stuff is like the whole screen and it, it's it has like this yeah. whole spiel that they do right about why they're giving this warning and why the movie's still here and just said rated whatever and it was like a warning uh, tobacco like killer cigars and that was it and and mm-hmm. so it wasn't this whole screen thing and i'm curious if there's other movies where we're gonna see that as a separate type of warning like this lower key warning so the other with that what i'm actually really interested to look at is peter pan because i know for a fact peter pan has the exact same cultural and racial warning Mm -hmm. that fantasia has but peter pan also has extensive tobacco use as well not even tobacco use like they smoke pipes with the uh, native americans yeah, and, and then, cigars at some point, I think. I think yeah, there's Hook cigars has, on the pirate uh, ship. Yeah, Hook has a split cigar thing, which I just... As someone who enjoys cigars, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. I know. Why are you smoking two cigars at the same time? That's fucking idiotic. It it Whatever. makes no sense. And I think he has a pipe <laughs> as well. Like, it's... There's... I'd, 
I don't know, but I, I think that I think in Peter Pan the kids also get sick from it, right? Which is the thing in yes, Pinocchio. They, do. they show them Michael, getting really sick. Yeah, Michael turns turns green do. or whatever, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So I'll, yeah, I'll be curious it, to see what that warning looks like when we get to Peter Pan. When it gets when it just gets like ridiculous all around. There's just every kind of thing yeah. wrong with it. <laughs> it's like, Literally a lawless wonderland. It, Neverland, I guess in this case. I but, can't wait yeah. to get to Peter Pan. That's some crazy Dude, shit, but. <laughs> But so so with this, yeah, I think since we're on it, I'm just gonna, I'm literally, I'm just gonna jump right to it. Geppetto smokes a goddamn pipe in bed. In bed, like a just who does that? But even more than the who does that, he lit- he takes one puff and then just not puts it out. This is the part that literally drove me fucking nuts. He doesn't put it out. He just hangs it on the side of the bed. <laughs> It's not smoking anymore. He turn, he puts the candle out, and the whole time, I'm just like, bro, do you have any idea how long it takes to successfully pack a pipe? It's, it's like a five or ten minute process. <laughs> I think it's just because, like, Geppetto is just, like, he's just kind of a gangster oh, like Geppetto's awesome is. like he is an OG bachelor like he's just mm-hmm. living his best life in there I was worried about him for a second right he's in there he's like yeah. talking to the cat and the fish <laughs> and he's <laughs> dancing the puppet at the cat at Figaro yeah. who I do I think Figaro's a great character and like fun fact Figaro was Disney's favorite character that's awesome because I love mm-hmm. Figaro is a great side character like he's he's like yep. the OG animal sidekick that has like that that sort of personality the way that Snow White's yeah. animal friends didn't and and Cleo too mm-hmm. but Cleo is limited to the fishbowl so there's it's the challenging bowl, yeah. yeah but but Figaro is kind of that OG animal sidekick and he's awesome and I, I was worried about Geppetto right because he's just in there alone and he's dancing the puppet the cat and it's just a lot and then and I was like, you know what? If I had a puppet, I would do that with my cats. Like I would, if I had a puppet, that's what I would do with it. So you know what? I think Geppetto's just living his best single life. And I, whenever, like, I was worried about him for a second. And then he gets into bed and lights this pipe. And then he realizes the window's like left closed, and he has Figaro open it for him because he's gonna smoke his pipe. And I'm like, yeah, Geppetto, ten out of ten. It's doing great. Like he's just. Yeah so funny he just he goes with it man like he just he he's living his life and i if the thing about it too is it's a throwaway comment that the blue fairy makes after he makes his wish that he is like a good dude to the community he's loved by all the people that interact with him but that's all she says. She's like beloved by by those you help or you've helped bring joy to so many, I think is what she yeah, says. Yeah, like you're a good dude. Like they Yeah. It's it's interesting to me that this kind of is Geppetto's movie. Like this whole thing is about her coming out of nowhere cuz he wishes on the star, mm-hmm. right? Which which yeah. I think we need to like pause and talk about for a sec because first of all, when you wish upon a star is Disney's theme song. So it yeah, it so it became such a huge hit that it literally became the song Disney was surrounded by. Yeah. And it's everyone knows it's still to this day at this the opening of every single Disney movie. So Pinocchio gets a lot of points for that. Mm-hmm. And for all the rest of it, it's like I wouldn't want Pinocchio to be, you know, deleted from the timeline even though I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be sad if the TVA came and took it in some ways. <laughs> like, yeah. And we can prune this. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I would want to keep Wish Upon a Star. Like, I think... It, and I also want to point out, like, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a low-key, like, Disney prayer tab. Because I'm curious to see what this looks like. Because yeah. we didn't talk about it in the last episode, really. But Snow White mm-hmm. does at one point go and she say does. her prayers. And she prays for the for uh, the dwarves and probably for her prince and, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah. she prays for her dreams. So I thought it was very on brand, right? Like, that's very Disney. Mm-hmm. She, But she explicitly yeah. says she's going to say her prayers. So I'm curious to see where else we see that in Disney because you don't see it much in modern Disney and not you don't see it at all that's what's crazy yeah I mean I don't don't think at all maybe to the ancestors in some of the movies you know like that kind of concept oh yeah Brave and Mulan and right but you don't really see a lot of like like straight up like Christianity I guess is even the more specific Mm -hmm. thing to say right so I have my eye open for that but Geppetto Geppetto prays to the star the first mm-hmm. star or whatever it's called the wishing star and gets the blue fairy so it's a little mm-hmm. it's we're we're sort of like half a prayer there um yeah. but this really is Geppetto's something thing. with wings comes yeah. down and answers his prayer so it's yeah. very <laughs> it's actually specifically very muppet christmas carol to me because of the way the blue fairy's animated so okay this i'm glad you brought that up because this is actually where my annoyance with this movie starts to pick up the blue up. fairy <laughs> everything the about blue her fairy. Dude, Geppetto is animated in such a goofy and cartoony way. Like the way he walks, the way he moves. He's very crisp and clear and like in the in the shot. Like he everything about him, there's no fuzziness, there's no like fade in his paint or anything like that. He's crisp and precisely in the center of the attention of like the scene or whatever. Then comes the goddamn blue fairy. She's animated in the exact same way that the Snow White characters are Mm -hmm. animated. There's a a weird fade and fuzz around her. She looks hyper-realistic. And it... I didn't notice it when I was a kid because obviously you're not looking for that kind of stuff, but... As I was rewatching it the other night, I th- it took me out of the scene. I was like, "Wait, this is so. This almost feels like it came from a different movie." I so I'm glad you said that because first of all, agree with all of that, and I really got the feeling with multiple aspects of this movie, like mostly her, and then in with Monstro later, mm-hmm. it really feels like a third of the animation team thinks they're doing a different movie. Yeah. Like they, they just don't eat. Nobody even knows what they're doing here. Cause it's like the yep. fairy is like, she's done, I think with rotoscoping, which yes. for listeners is where they, they filmed a live person and people have probably seen the images of them doing this for like sleeping beauty, I think is everywhere. Right. Where they have someone mm-hmm. dance around the way the princess is going to dance around and they kind of animated off of that. And I think they did that with the blue fairy and not with characters like Geppetto or Pinocchio who are like way mm-hmm. more cartoony yep. and it is weird. And it took me out of the movie too, a little bit. And I also think she looks cool. Like it's from a different movie, but she looks really cool. Yeah. 
She does look really cool. And I actually, I'd never noticed this until, again, I was rewatching this, but you can actually see through yeah, her. Yeah, she's transparent, which is why she reminds me of the Ghost of Christmas Past in Muppet Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, who has this really neat yep. kind of CG effect on her that's like Uncanny Valley. And she ha- she's very Uncanny Valley to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. She might be the most realistically um, drawn character in hand-drawn Disney. Like, it's... She's... I don't know. She's yeah. so... I like her, even though it's. I would. A, I would give that to yeah. you. Yeah. She's from a different movie, though. She doesn't belong here. I know. She's, yeah. She. It's, she's from a, talk about the multiverse. I, right? Like, holy shit, dude! Like, <laughs> she just fell in the house, and she's like, "This doesn't look right." Love to see her come in with Fuck like it, whatever. I'll grant this guy's wish. Who cares? She comes in with like alligator Loki over her arm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sorry to say is not the craziest thing I've see, seen today. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. But she, oh, she was. Now I want that. I want someone to hyper edit that scene. And, and her just like, not him be there, but her like holding Alligator Loki. Just out of nowhere. Just to highlight yeah. how much she is from another side of the multiverse. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let's hold on to that thought because maybe it helps explain some of this shit. Because she comes in, talks about how great Geppetto is and how she wants to reward him by giving her a real mm-hmm. boy. And she just turns his puppet into an anthropomorphic puppet and now it can talk and move around and like whatever smoke is what it can do we don't see it eat or drink (laughs) but it can sure shit can smoke he doesn't need to breathe either we're gonna get later but yeah yeah, he it he if i was like that i would not want to i wouldn't want to be a real person at that point like he doesn't need food clearly yeah it's he he even he kind of makes they don't say it but they kind of allude to him not even needing sleep yeah because he is just straight up asking why they have to go to sleep well and he's existed for 30 seconds seconds right yeah. like that's the crazy thing and they it's what what's wild to me is like she puts this weird like proviso on the wish and i can kind of see like the genie giving like a couple of quid pro quo provisos uh limitations (laughs) yeah exactly like i i don't get why for gibetto to have what he really is wishing for which by her own admission he deserves is to have a real boy and does he think that's what he got like gibetto acts like his wish was fulfilled but she comes in and she's clear as shit with pinocchio that he needs Mm -hmm. pinocchio has to hold up part of this bargain in order to give Geppetto his wish. So now Geppetto's wish is predicated on this piece of wood which Geppetto acts as though is a real boy with like That's 10 years of wanted. life behind it. He was it. fine with it. Yeah. yeah. He's like you we're going to go to school tomorrow and Pinocchio's like the fuck? Which is the appropriate response, right? Yeah. And Geppetto's like yeah because you have to and I'm like is this that's insane. You've told this, this, I'm going to just call him a child because he really is for all intents and purposes. He really is. Um, you have told this child nothing about the way the world works. You have told him nothing about trusting people, how to, you know, what he's going to school for, how to behave yourself in public. None of that shit. And I think a lot of it is because we, as the viewer, accept Externally, we know there is someone to guide Pinocchio. But from the story standpoint, why does Geppetto think he'll just be good to go? I 
Is he like, fuck it, you know what you're doing? Like, because I know I'm an adult, so you clearly have to know what you're doing. There might be some uh, meta commentary around like boarding school culture in Europe at the time. Mm. Something, something around that. I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I think that like in canon, like in the story's logic. I think that Geppetto thinks that his wish was granted, that Pinocchio is a real boy and he's overlooking his wooden status. Even though Mm -hmm. Geppetto has no kind of revelation about this later where he's like, oh, you weren't already that. I thought I got my wish. Like he acts like he got his wish. So it's it's really confusing to me what Geppetto thinks is happening. And I also want to point out there are two things that Pinocchio learns before going being sent to school. One of them is give a little whistle which we get a little mm-hmm. musical number on from Jiminy Cricket, who's like, when you get into the shit, whistle for me. And that is going to come... I still don't understand how that didn't wake anybody in the house Yeah, up. and and, uh, and Pinocchio can't whistle in the scene, which is extremely foreboding and will come back mm-hmm. later. And the only other thing that he learns while he's like, you know, partying with Geppetto to celebrate because Geppetto's such a G. Like, they, Geppetto's <laughs> like, dope, all right, let's throw down. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> and Pinocchio nearly sets the house on fire. So he does oh learn God. how to set a fire which we're gonna which will come back so both of the things that Pinocchio learns that first night he does use so I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. that like had Geppetto taken you know say a week a day an hour and a half in the morning to kind of like explain the world's Pinocchio like he's picking up on what Geppetto is putting down it's just that he just nobody gives him anything that's all he knows is whistle if you need help and this is how you start a fire and that's what he's sent out in the world with and that is it. Well, and that's... I'm glad that you brought up him, like, the fire, but I can't believe I'm doing this right now, but give me, like, 30 seconds. My food is here. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I... Like, yeah, so I will be right the fuck Pause. back. Uh, okay, cool. So now I have food in my stomach. <laughs> like, we're Excellent. good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, what I thought, what I always think was like interesting is something I noticed in Pinocchio, especially uh, when you brought up the fire. There are points in this movie where it just gets so unnecessarily loud that <laughs> it actually like frightened me. Like, really? When when uh he first lights his hand on fire they're like oh and then for no reason at all pinocchio just starts screaming like a fire hydrant or like like a, screaming like a fire hydrant yeah i'm really <laughs> fucking smart like a fire truck <laughs> he's just like ah or whatever and i'm like this is that's so out of nowhere it did give me pause that moment i didn't notice like the volume swap but I did really like I was was like holy shit like we're gonna burn this place down it was alarming Mm -hmm. like I'll definitely give you that it was it was very alarming and the fire was came close Yeah, and I liked I really liked that like it was one of my kind of highs in the movie is the way it comes full circle with that that Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later but that was actually good like storytelling so I'm like okay um and then also they almost killed Cleo. I really didn't like how Geppetto like yeah. gets a real boy and doesn't give a fuck about Cleo anymore yeah. because Jesus, like they put Pinocchio's on fire finger. They're looking for water. Jiminy Cricket has water because he's here to yep. solve this whole movie and Geppetto just blows by him because he's like doesn't see Jiminy. Yeah, I actually wondered the whole time if no one knew he was there except Pinocchio. 
And I kind of feel like that's supposed to be that way. Like, it's Pinocchio's conscience, so only Pinocchio should be able to interact with him. I 100% think that that's true. And I also am not forgetting about the Jesus Christ thing at all. Like, Mm. Jiminy Cricket yells at all those cuckoo clocks to stop so that he can sleep, and they do. Yep. Like, Jiminy Cricket stops time in this movie, so I just... (laughs) He will later he breathe does. underwater. He like, does. I'm telling you. Like, oh my god. Also, before we move on from this scene, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and it's how much of a G Geppetto is still, bro. This guy <laughs> is packing under his pillow. Dude just pulls out a full-on French flintlock pistol from underneath his pillow, and I'm like, bro, what is happening <laughs> in your town that you, a toy maker? need to have a fucking gun under your pillow oh my god you're right he does dude and he almost he almost like if he was any closer he almost shot uh no he shoots in the air is it the is it when the fairy comes? No, it's no, when Pin- when Pinocchio comes to life. He almost shoots Pinocchio. Yeah, he. So they're whistle. They're singing, give a little whistle, and then Pinocchio falls off the shelf while hitting a bunch of empty paint cans, right. and it wakes him up. And so Geppetto thinks there's someone in the house, which obviously there is that he wasn't aware of. <laughs> it's right, and yeah. it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Pinocchio's like hiding under the workbench and. Uh, Figaro is right underneath uh, Geppetto's legs and Pinocchio touches Figaro and Figaro flips out and flies right into Geppetto's crotch <laughs> and Geppetto's like oh my god and then like shoots into the air and that's when he's like that's when he notices Pinocchio and that's when oh. everything becomes like a great thing but in that moment I'm just like bro this guy is like ready to throw down if someone actually broke into his fucking house. I cannot believe that I didn't like note that somehow i that uh-huh. like i must have looked away or something because holy shit but you're right he does do that and what a g like geppetto is just he's ready man geppetto is the best character in this movie he is he is so great and what a badass he is and he isn't like i feel like he he's a good dude we've established that the movie establishes that but he also is exceedingly negligent. Yeah. Like, first of all, why would you? This is later in the movie, but why the fuck do you need to take the cat and the fish with you when you go looking for your son on a boat? I want to talk about that when we get there a lot. Dude, I have a lot of questions about that. Uh, just come on, man. <laughs> Jesus. It's, I. The, but all of it. Like yeah. what? Yeah, let's, we'll, okay, we're going to get there, because yeah. I have a lot of questions about that sequence, and just yeah. how we got there, but. But speaking I, of how we got there, so he sends Pinocchio off to school, right? Insane. This anthropomorphic puppet, or marionette, is now walking down the street. A, no one sees him. The The whole village is now gone, because they're like, well, the kids are out of the house, let's go inside. But here's the thing that, like, really kind of threw me or kind of, like, annoyed me. Honest John and Giddy are anthropomorphic foxes. 
and they're fox the only and a cat, right? Are they a fox and a cat? Yeah, I think, I think they're Gideon a fox and a cat. A, right. Is it Giddy or Gideon? So his real name's Gideon, but he calls him Giddy. Right. He's a cat, and, okay. and Honest John is the fox. He's a fox. That's right. And it's fucking weird. But why is why is everyone that interacts with them just okay with these humanoid animals? No one says anything about it. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, the the coachman turns little boys into donkeys. So there is some kind of living magic happening in this version of the world. Right. So it's not a crazy thing to think like, you know, like there's anthropomorphic animals walking around. I just thought it was interesting that they're the only two. Right. And you're right. There is precedent for this. And yet, we have kind of a goofy Pluto thing happening here that's, yeah. like, really weird in Disney, where we have Figaro also is a cat. Mm-hmm. And so, why is it that that, that Giddy gets to be, like, a more weird. or less able to speak? Like, I guess that character kind of doesn't, but, you know, I, it's just weird. It's yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all, and nobody notices it. And then the weirder thing is that, like, apart from... Stromboli, which we'll get to. Oh my god! Holy shit! But <laughs> I, I think that I think that these guys are the only characters to notice that Pinocchio is made of wood. So it's like no one notices that they're animals. No one notices Pinocchio. Yeah. They notice Pinocchio. So it's like kind of Toy Story too. It's like mm-hmm. they just sort of are existing toys in the world. Kind of like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody, but nobody else notices it's happening. Like all of it is just whatever. Well, yeah, and so that's. That's where, as far as the plot, that's where everything starts to fall apart. Yeah. Is Honest John is like, yo, I know who I can make a bunch of money off of. And honestly, this, the entire thing only happens because they come around the corner and see a poster of Stromboli. Because if they hadn't been walking down that street and seen that poster, he never would have been like, oh, it's a little wooden boy. I should sell him to Stromboli. They would have just been like, whoa, what the fuck? It's a little wooden boy. That's crazy. Right. For a um, second, I thought that's where it was going. Like, I know. it seemed like it was just like, oh, look at that. And I'm like, oh, they noticed. <laughs> Dude, because he actually does that. Like, when, when Pinocchio skips by him, he's like, oh, get a oh, little wooden boy. And then he keeps walking. He's like, a little wooden boy. Like, yeah, the correct out. response to what's yeah, going on. Like, the first thing you should have actually done. But, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Those characters are, are really hard to reconcile. But, well, like, <clears throat> go ahead. The thing I think, and I was going to bring this up with the coachman, but I think it's important to mention it of Honest John and Giddy. This is one of the only, if not the only, Disney movies where the villains all win. They yeah. all get what they were what they were after, except mm-hmm. for Monstro, because I'm still pretty sure he died. I don't know. He slams face first into a rock face. I can't really imagine him walking guess, away from that or yeah, swimming I away. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, unconfirmed, but, but you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, Honest John and Giddy got paid twice. They got paid by Stromboli, and then they got paid again by the coachman. Mm-hmm. The coachman literally gets away scot-free. Oh, yeah, nothing bad. He Not only does he get away, but he succeeds in his his plan to make money off of turning these like mm-hmm. little boys into donkeys. Like he, he gets everything he wanted. Yeah. Monstro. Well, I mean, Stromboli kind of does kind of doesn't, he made a shitload of money the first night he had Pinocchio, but then they escape 
after the iconic lying scene. Like um, no harm, no foul on Stromboli, right? He's yeah, out, he just keeps he's going. Fine. It's yeah. like yeah, he like he just had a a windfall. Everything's good for Stromboli. Yeah, he's like he. Other than that, like, yeah, he's he's good to go. Um, but that's that's what I th- that was okay. So now that we're actually at that part, this is I actually had to pause the movie when Stromboli locks Pinocchio in the birdcage. Because so brutal. The way it was, and the way that Pinocchio holds up in the side—I can't say the corner because it's cylinder—but <laughs> on the side. I know what you mean, though. And uh, and starts crying. It uh, like when my nephew pouts. That's what he looks like. And it was like it was it was hard for me. I was like, dude. The, I, I never want my nephews to go out in the street ever again. I don't want them to play outside. I They need to be inside at all times. <laughs> some crazy ass dude with a cart is going to, well, in this case, it's a van. But, like, some they're going to, like, someone's going to pick my nephews up. And I'm like, I, this is horrible. And I hate this movie. Well, and I mean, are we surprised that this is what, like, our parents went through, like, in the 80s, right? When this yeah. was whatever, because there was the resurgence. Because I think important to remember that for a really long time, these original Disney movies, while they had been out for decades, they were in the Disney vault. Yeah. And it wasn't until the 90s when when we were kids, right? And mm-hmm. when these things came out of the vault, became something you could get like on VHS. It was in mm-hmm. the early 90s when that became a real thing. So our parents didn't necessarily grow up watching these movies at home the way that we would have. So right. it was only when our generation was little in the late 80s and early 90s that this became an option for anybody. So well, and so I and actually, parents were watching these for kind yeah. of the first time, probably for a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't or, let my kids go out either, <laughs> dude. It's oh my god, it's crazy. And I actually, I because you brought up like the home video thing, and I wanted to mention this on Snow White. Um, it was one, another one of the like fun facts about Snow White. Um, Snow White was not released on home video until 1994. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So and our it was parents only would never have seen it. Yeah. That's the, it, so it, they would have shown them on TV, like on ABC and stuff. Sure. Um, but the only reason that they were, because Disney was against it. They didn't want to do home releases. They made more money showing it on, well, they thought they made more money. Right. You know, showing it on channels because they could control what's shown and they can control the advertisement and all that shit. But in 1993, the uh, free use copyright for Snow White was coming up. And they're like, so they could use the songs, they could use the character, anyone could use the characters if if the rights had been relinquished. Mm-hmm. So Disney's like, holy shit, we're going to lobby to change it so that if we continue to produce new forms of media with these characters, we can maintain the rights. And that's what they did. They're like, okay, so the new form of media that we're going to use is home media. And the same thing with Pinocchio. It just goes right back to what you were saying. The parents, our parents didn't have the means to watch this readily. Yeah. They had to be at the right place at the right time. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that home media came out, you know, we kids my age, uh, you know, our our age, I'm sorry. um, We're just we're all watching this movie over and over again. And as we're getting older, we're like, holy fuck, this is actually like a really screwed up movie. 
Yeah. But our parents were seeing it basically for the first time, like at the age yep. probably that we are now in like our, you know, our mid thirties. Right. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine being like, you know, like with, with your nephews and seeing this for the first time, like I get why parents like there was that whole like yeah. kidnapping thing in the eighties. Like that was a thing. Like parents didn't let their kids go out Yeah. when these movies first came into the zeitgeist. And I know there's more going on there historically, well, yeah. but like still, I think that's worth pointing out that like, yeah, like you're saying you wouldn't let your nephews out. Like the parents didn't when this shit came into yeah, people's crazy. homes, parents lock their kids down. <laughs> It's, it's terrifying. Like, I mean, it's it was. I really felt the fear there when the cart starts to move and it's raining out and you oh, hear yeah. it creaking and it's like, well, fuck. Now where are we going? Like we're leaving town. Like Pinocchio knows again two things: how to set a fire and whistle for help. Yep. And he is unable in this scene to whistle for Jiminy Cricket. And Jiminy's like pissed because he. You know, he's like trying to tell Pinocchio to, you know, go to school. Was all Pinocchio's only job was get to yeah, the school. Yeah, go to school. Yeah, and he gets manipulated because, of course, like he is immediately targeted. Of course, he is. He obviously knows nothing. Like honest John, honest John, he yeah. he doesn't even have to like really work that hard to convince Pinocchio. Like honest John is pulling some serious bullshit oh, to yeah. tell Pinocchio. Like he can tell this this thing mm. that Pinocchio is um, doesn't know Jack so it's it's pretty easy to manipulate him and he's targeted immediately and Jiminy Cricket's pissed about it and Pinocchio's unable to whistle for him and he's out in the street in the rain and it's it is terrifying when the cart takes off and yeah. there's well, a that's a pretty scary scene and I, th- I think Jiminy's explanation of temptation is horrendous yeah. He is just like, temptation is the wrong thing that seems right at the wrong time. No, it isn't. The wrong thing that seems right at the wrong time? Yeah. It, I mean. Wh- well, no, because then he goes, if he had stopped right there, yeah, I would say, okay, that's fine. That's a loose interpretation of temptation. It's really hard to follow if you're a puppet who I know, and that somehow is, knows English. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, that's the other thing. Why does he just have a full concept of speaking? Yeah. But he has problems walking in the beginning? Like, come on. What the fucking fuck? Like, I, it's <laughs> like, what is Pinocchio? It is so scary. Like, the, the, the main character is terrifying in every way when you think about it. He for really one, is. Like, like I man, just, a second. But that's so this is where we get into everything being Jiminy's fault. And it's it's literally because he does such a shitty job of explaining temptation. And so Pinocchio goes with Honest John and Giddy and he's like, I got to tell his father. Wait, no, that would be snitching. I'll just go after him myself. I literally screamed at the top of my lungs. Why the fuck does snitching matter? Yeah, what? Go talk to Geppetto. The fuck? Like, what is this? Go get the kid. Like, oh my god! He just got like kidnapped. Like, it's it was it was that was just completely ridiculous. And I also think like Jiminy's explanation of temptation. First of all, also Jesus Christ stuff and temptation and all of this still not lost on me. Like, they think there's a lot there. Oh, I know. Yeah. And but his explanation was like. It, it was shitty enough that I, as a kid, didn't really put together that that's mm-hmm. what was going on, that that someone tried to teach this p- to Pinocchio and failed. And 
I didn't even put that together as a kid because I don't think I followed what Jiminy was saying. I think it was really like this rewatch because this movie I sure as shit have not gone back to in the last 25 years. Yeah, definitely. Like at least, maybe longer. And I, as a kid, I really did not get that someone tried to teach him this and then he gets faced with that challenge. Like, because it's just gibberish. Mm-hmm. Jiminy is talking zero sense and... It just doesn't. It doesn't even work for like the the message of the film. I yeah. feel like it's so confusing. It. And that's, see, uh, I can't even like formulate my thought right now because it's like it just it, it pisses me off. Like, what was Jiminy's like whole purpose if not to direct Pinocchio? And then he just fails every single time. And he doesn't sense the danger here. I found yeah. that interesting that he sort of is like, he thinks it's no big deal. Like Jiminy thinks that he's like, he's really overconfident coming into the job. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, can I be his conscience and tell him the right shit? Sure. I've been a vagrant cricket for however many <laughs> yeah. years. Like, since I got I this. I literally just broke into this house. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you give me a nice suit. I got this. Yeah, I can be his conscience. Like, I understand what that word means. And he's really overconfident. And when Pinocchio is like, these dudes want me to go join the circus or whatever, he's like, well, that just politely tell them, no, what's the big deal? It's not hard. So he really, like, he underestimates Pinocchio's ability to, like, set a boundary. Pinocchio mm-hmm. is a piece of anthropomorphic wood that's existed for, like, yeah. le- less than 12 hours. And it, we're expected for him to be able to set a healthy boundary. And it's insane. Yeah. And... But Pinocchio or Jiminy really like undercuts that. He's just like, whatever. He acts like that's not a big deal. And he really overestimates his own ability and then is like surprised that Pinocchio gets taken and then gets like pissed at Pinocchio for getting manipulated into doing this and abandons him. So you're right. There's a lot like it's it's not looking great for Jiminy. Well, it, it isn't. It really isn't. And what I think is really interesting, too, and I don't know if you saw this when you were like researching anything but in the original mm-hmm. uh source material Pinocchio actually kills Jiminy who in the source material is just called the talking cricket. Yeah. But he actually kills Jiminy with a mallet. And then later on in the story he's just alive again with zero explanation. And that they chose to, like, adapt that character, bring it in as his little, like, cartoony sidekick, and name him Jiminy Cricket. I know. It's, yeah. Knowing that that's where he came from. Like, it's it's so weird. Mm. But so, so I want to circle back a little bit to, to Stromboli here. Yeah. Because, yikes. Yeah. Just, like, it took me a second. I had to think about this because, like, immediately, like, the way he's drawn, oh, everything yeah. about him is, like, a, this really, really bad racial coding thing that I'm surprised this movie didn't get that warning. I was genuinely surprised. I'm like, how is Stromboli not in this yeah. category? Like, he has darker skin than any of the other characters. He and Geppetto are the only characters with an Italian accent, which I have no idea. I'm, like, curious what you think about that. And... And he's, he is just so. Oh my like, god! I actually didn't even notice that till just now. That's fucking hilarious. It's weird, right? Yeah, like, because the coachman has a Cockney English accent. Yeah, and the so do uh, the, the Honest Fox or whatever the fuck and his oh, buddy Honest Giddy. John? Like they, yeah, they're they have like New York like slimy gangster accents yeah. or something. Like, yeah, at Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket 
don't have American accents. There's just American accents, yeah. Yeah, it's so they're the only characters with Italian accents, and Stromboli is like really drawn in a like cartoonishly racist way and we see him like counting coins with like a dagger at one Mm. point like it's very like there's just a lot of racial coding there and it took me a sec but i'm like is this an italian thing because we were going into the war but we weren't like or we were in it like they the war was happening during production like i'm kind of wondering if that's what's going on here i don't know it could be. I would not in any way be surprised because when Honest John first talks about him, he calls him a gypsy. Huh. And everything about his aesthetic is that stereotypical gypsy likeness. I didn't catch that from Honest John. That's interesting. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, remember when I swindled that old gypsy? And then huh. he lives in the carriage. Right. He. he he's portrayed as a swindler and like an all around like charlatan or like just not like a really good guy. And I, I would be surprised if it wasn't partially playing on the gypsy stereotype as well as the Italian misgivings of the, the time because yeah, I mean, world war two was raging at this point, you know, and Mussolini he's kind of was moving. Yeah, he is. And that's the thing. But even more to that what I thought was super interesting when it shows all the puppets during the no strings on me which I honestly I didn't want to this is just like a fun throwaway fact for me but I can't hear there are no strings on me without thinking of Age of Ultron I put that in my notes did you see that it's a Q Ultron reference yeah I'm just like that's all (laughs) I think of now it's, I can only hear it sung in that yep. creepy way by Ultron, and I think that that was one of my favorite parts of Ultron. I thought it was a really mm. clever little Disney Easter egg for itself, and yeah. like, bring it on. It's, it's very too. Walt, apparently. I really like that. 100%. Um, yeah. But, like, so when he introduces the... Or he, like, he brings on the, the puppets. So first, it's the Italian girls, I think. Think, and then it's the Swiss girls. No, it's the Swiss girls, then the Italian girls, then the French girls that can can, or uh-huh. the French girls from the Moulin Rouge, and then the Russian, uh, the Russian dancers. My immediate thought was, why the fuck are these puppets so overly sexualized? This I also is, had that thought, dude. I was like, this is so weird and unnecessary, but also like some. Because I started thinking about it, like, in-universe, I was like, he had to design these by hand. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is weird. This whole movie is just not a good movie. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it, there's it's just, nothing it's just good. Not, just not good. And I, like, I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, why is there no warning like that? There's only a tobacco warning, which I thought was really weird, because... Giddy is very clearly over the hill drunk when they're talking to the, the coachman. Whole time. He is gone. I think that's why he doesn't talk in this movie because he's fucking wasted the well, they whole way it, through. Yeah, he's drunk he's the like entire time. He's like bubbles. Like he isn't raging alcoholic. Yep. I think is clear. And I, I also am surprised there's no warning. I feel like Stromboli. Yeah. I think you're right about the the gypsy stereotype stuff. I think. 
the the sexualized puppets were super weird and i want to call i think this is like mark number one on the list of like thirsty disney movies i think this is the first one because there's a whole lot of thirst in the next two oh my god yeah there is so i think this is the start of something because i mean snow white less so but this is like see that's the thing it's like zero to a hundred snow white doesn't have any of that no, it really Snow White's way more wholesome and like yeah. this. But you know, this movie is just fucked up, left, right, and center. Like this is like there are giant knives drawn menacingly and casually oh, yeah. in the background of like every single scene. There's those yep. sexualized puppets. There's Stromboli threatens to chop Pinocchio into firewood oh, yeah. and demonstrates by showing him like a dumpster full of marionettes he mm-hmm. is murdered with an axe. Like axe in the chest, like is shown on screen. Yeah. It's just it's, it's blatant threatening. Again, I'm just going to call him back to being a child because that's what we are expected to believe he is. He's a, Geppetto thinks he's a real boy. He thinks he's a real boy. Everyone <sighs> that encounters him, except for Shamboli, because he knows. Um, yeah. They are literally threatening a child with murder. It's, and you see it's the imprisonment weapon. for all intents and purposes. It's actually enslavement, really. I mean, he's it is enslavement because they're having him work. The whole point is yeah. that he's making money. They show him counting the money, like it's really menacing. Like every and it, everything that uh, that Pinocchio kind of like sees in the world in this movie is like deeply, deeply fucked up. Like take it's this and the donkey thing, right? Because then the oh, yeah. monstro experience is a little different, but like it. And also, we'll point out at this point how episodic this movie is and oh, how yeah. much that makes it the worst. Mm-hmm. It's like just that. one bad thing. And I get it because it's supposed to be him overcoming each of the three virtues. Yeah, so, Stromboli is truth. Uh, Pleasure Island is selflessness. Or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, Pleasure Island really isn't anything. I think, well, so, okay, I had a note about this. I'm checking in on these goals. So it's brave, truthful, and unselfish. So brave, that's where I was like, what that's the monstro. fuck? That's monstro. That's 100% monstro. Okay. Because I didn't really see a time where he wasn't. Like, I was looking for examples of, like, he's going to fail at these three things, and then he's going to succeed at them. And that's mm-hmm. not the path that this movie took. Like, its structure made no fucking sense. Yeah. It was... So in in his first encounter here where with Stromboli because of course he gets out of this because the fairy shows up. Um right? oh, yeah, and, and she even makes a scene. point to say like I can't help you anymore. Yeah, cuz he keeps fucking up mm-hmm. and he lies to her like 70,000 times and creates life, which I have a lot of questions about. I thought about. that was cool too. What I, the fuck? I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Like, what? Hold on. Let's go back. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. His nose grows so long that a bird's nest complete with eggs that hatch comes out of it. And it's like, what the shit? And so then his, it's gone. And, and it's gone and it never happens again. It ne- yep. The truthfulness never comes up again. It is only ever dealt with when he fails to be truthful to the fairy. When she comes to rescue him from the birdcage in Stromboli, he lies to her over and over again for no fucking reason at all. Like, she's giving him... No, there's no See, threat. That's what I didn't get. I'm like, okay, if he had been afraid of consequences, like, oh, she can't know that I did this or whatever, like, at no point did she ever threaten him with, I'm going to take your life away. 
with anything. She yeah. just is was like really nice and was like, tell me what happened, Pinocchio. And he just like spouts all this bullshit. And then consequence is his nose growing, which freaks him out a lot. Like he is understandably concerned by that. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't stop lying. And I don't ever see him. The only other time that like the lying thing comes up again, I think, is inside of Monstro and Geppetto asks him what happened and he's about to fucking lie. And then they get hit with a wave or something and he doesn't get to answer. Yeah. So he never tells the truth. He never actually does that. That's not really one of his adventures. And it's so weird. Well, and he, <laughs> to pile on top of that, because, you know, we haven't really piled enough on, but he... He was terrified up to this point. Jiminy couldn't break him out. He had right. no idea when he was going to see his father again. If he ever was, mm-hmm. he is threatened. He's been threatened with murder. What is his motivation to lie to the Blue Fairy? Why would he not immediately say that dude threatened to chop me up into firewood? Please get me out of here. I was almost like he was embarrassed. It was like, because I think that's how I took it anyway. It was like, if he was to tell the truth, he would be saying like, well, I was a dumb fuck and I was supposed to go to school and instead yeah. I joined the circus and now I'm, you know, I've been kidnapped and like, this is like a Taken situation, which <laughs> by the way, this is the best Taken movie because Geppetto it right now, it's like gearing up with his gun. He so <laughs> but, is, except he only yeah. takes a lantern out into the street I and just, almost gets run over by Stromboli. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Geppetto just... We're going to get there because there's a lot there. But <laughs> like this is like the OG Taken movie, right? And and I think Pinocchio would have to admit like being a total dumb fuck, which it's it shouldn't be a challenge and is not part of the narrative of this movie. Like it's not brought up anywhere else. If he had been like bashful before about something, maybe, but he just that that's there's no build up for that. But it's the only thing that I could take out of it was that he like didn't want to admit that he fucked up. He didn't want to like own what he did. So maybe yeah. he's failing at bravery also and selflessness because, like we say, Geppetto is about to get fucked. So oh, I, yeah. I, he fails at all of it. I think that's... I'm trying to think, and I actually think that selflessness is the only thing that does not get accomplished. I think maybe it's selfless the way that he tries to go after Geppetto to, to rescue him. Like, he puts himself in a lot of danger to try yeah, and get him out of the whale. that's fair. But that could still just be bravery. Like, yeah. I think those the virtues that she gives him are very weird. Yeah. And, and I, he doesn't... He's just... He's not tested in all of them, and he no, doesn't accomplish all of them. It's really strange. And I, I don't know what to make out of it. And I think I'm wondering if maybe at the end of this, the fairy is like, well, shit, maybe it didn't make sense to like predicate this wish on (laughs) Pinocchio's ability to like be self sufficient. Whatever. All right. Never mind. Here you go. (laughs) JK. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, that was the goals are weird, but, but he fails. He fails to tell the truth. He fails to do really anything of value. And she lets him out of, out of the cage anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and where I started to really realize this was going off the rails was when he like makes it home and Geppetto's not there and it's been like one day and there's cobwebs oh there's cobwebs everywhere I'm like yeah. hold on how the fuck long were we gone a, it seems wh- like a long time in the birdcage yeah like <laughs> did he have to perform more than that were they stuck there for more how long has he been perf- like I because 
we know it's the same day when they're not allowed to eat dinner because Geppetto goes looking for Pinocchio. Right. But also, why did you wait that long to go looking for Pinocchio? When he did, yeah, it's like dinner time, and yeah. like we haven't heard from Pinocchio all day. He's supposed to be home from school at three. For real, <laughs> yeah. it's like seven thirty, and you're like, oh shit, that's right, I have a kid. I mean, can you imagine getting the kid, and it's like the one thing you ever wanted, and it's still made of wood, and like has no business being at school, and yet you're yeah. like, you know, and I don't even want to spend time with fuck. you. Go to yeah. school, like get out of my life. That's why I'm like, is this a you know a boarding school thing of just like oh you're yeah. seven go and live on your own you're fine you're i'm done having you now you know like i it's 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 not not what happened but like i just can't imagine like your first day with him being like cool all right well, peace like I, don't yeah. want you, I, got, I got toys to make bitch like he's <laughs> i don't know it's it's but but so geppetto's gone he comes back and the sort of episodic nature of this becomes really clear because immediately he gets targeted and picked up again by honest john and yep. and uh gideon and this time sold into a different form of slavery so there's well, like a here's lot the thing. of that before we even get into that this is the first time of the two encounters Pinocchio actually stood his ground yeah, and said, does. no, I can't go. At that point, it becomes a legitimate kidnapping. Yes. They actually pick him up and carry him mm-hmm. to the boat or well, to the carriage or whatever. Um, because the manipulation fails this time. Like they try mm-hmm. the same old shit. And so, so it's like, I say like teach Pinocchio a lesson. Like he's picking up what we're putting down. It's just, nobody tries to prepare yeah. him for life. No one is there to like help him out. <laughs> he's like Jiminy Cricket sure as shit isn't. You're Dude, right. Like where's he, Jiminy Cricket right now? Other than telling him like, Hey, you don't need me. He straight up abandons him yeah, at Pleasure well, he, Island. At, but yeah, he does it. Ple- again, cause he's already, he's already not with him. Um, he has to like find. Oh yeah, he's got to hang carriage. underneath the. Uh, so yeah, he has to find. Well, he with Stromboli, he says, "I guess he doesn't need me." He's like a superstar now, and he's like, "But I would like to wish him well," and that's why he that's runs right. after him. But in that's right. with the coachman, which I want to, I want to just mention one thing about the coachman really quick. Um, of all of the villains in this movie, the coachman is the most terrifying definitely he 100%. turns into the literal devil the literal devil when he's talking to them yeah they draw him as the devil and zoom in on his devil face and draw uh, yeah. him as satan it's uh, ridiculous so and, and good because he is the the evilest bad guy in this like oh, his his game is fucked up so he's he's bringing young holden caulfield type boys to pleasure island like mm-hmm. and he's he's picking up every tom sawyer and huck finney can find yep and gives them some, one night of freedom. I don't. Yeah, they have a blast. And what is it that that <sighs> he gives them? That's like a potion, like something that he's giving them must be. When I was a kid, I thought it was the cigars. I thought it was the cigars that did that. I'm not gonna lie, I was ignorant when I was five. But I, well, no, it could <laughs> be. It could be. That's not out of the. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm like. It, but something is turning them into donkeys after they they have their one great night in Pleasure Island. Maybe it is the cigars because it's only when Pinocchio and uh, Lampwick, his, Lampwick, thank you, uh, light their cigars that they start transforming into donkeys. So maybe it, I think the, that tracks. Like I don't yeah. think Kid you was wrong about that. That's a good point. Yeah, and that like again, we're gonna. This is it's. 
it's an age old thing. It's not even like a racial thing at this point, or it's a culture, not even a cultural thing. At the time, for the first, you know, 50, 60 years, even before that, like a hundred years back in the West, cigar shops had Native American carvings outside because right. one of the biggest things that a lot of Western towns got from Native Americans was tobacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's and, and, and that's what we see here, right? There's like, what yeah, is it called? What's the section of Pleasure Island that uh, they go to? It's like the smokestack or something like that. Yeah, it's called something about smoking explicitly, and it is a bunch of like Native American figures, and it looks almost like they're carved out of wood, right? Yeah. And it's like dispensing cigars. Yeah, out they're into just the throwing street. them out to the kids in the crowd and yeah. stuff. And, and each it, kid's so got more one. and more, where is our cultural warning on this movie because there's just a lot because peter pan's gonna get it for that exact same imagery even though it's a lot worse because they're characters and saying things and i think that's the difference is this is like while it is now like racially insensitive yeah it was just a thing that happened in the world Mm-hmm. Every I mean, cigar it's, shop it's had still a kind of is. It is, yeah. I mean, not a lot around here. Like the ones that I go to don't, but you still I'm have like Redmond's sure chewing tobacco and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, the baseball team just changed their name like three days ago, right? The Guardians. The, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. If they don't do something with Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to be so upset with the entire city of Cleveland. Seriously, is that would be a horrible failing. Like they have an opportunity here to make this yeah. like a really fun thing for them. Like, they really could. That's oh, dude, it's gonna be so great. Or it, be, it better go. be. They won't. It'll be disappointing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's in here. So it's like there's just sort of there's a lot like and that that scene is really like this was where i started to really be like okay cool that tobacco warning's making a lot of sense here because pinocchio gets sick as fuck he smokes a whole cigar in one hit and is just like yeah it's really really rough well the two so the two things that i love about the portrayal of cigars in this movie one is when Giddy and Honest John are meeting with the coachman and Giddy blows a ring and then uses the smoke as a donut. Yeah, and eats it. I was like, this is coffee. so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but like so funny. Yeah. But also Pinocchio commits the biggest cigar smoking sin you can. He inhales and keeps that smoke in his mouth. That's how you get sick. Yeah. That's also how you create like amazing and detrimental health problems because not all of them, but a lot of the wrapping paper used has shards of glass, not yeah. like shards of glass, but you know what I mean? Like, no, that I kind know of like microfilament or whatever mm-hmm. in the wrapping. You're not supposed to inhale that. You keep it in your mouth. You use your tongue to blow or to push the smoke out. So my dad always told me, mm-hmm. um, no, he, first of all, rips that shit. Like it's his last night on earth. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> he got, he Dude. gets every ounce of that cigar into his little wooden lungs. Oh my <laughs> God. And that's, that's the other thing I don't get. That's the part where I started. I was just like, get, this like, is falling apart now. He doesn't have to eat. He doesn't have to eat. He doesn't have to breathe underwater, but why the fuck does smoking affect him? Yeah. And just the, the fact that he can do it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if they did a, it, in in a world where they're still depicting smoking on screen, if they did that today and made a Pinocchio movie today and had him smoking, I feel like it would be like a gag where the smoke comes out of like every creak in his, his joints. creak in his head or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you would see it all just sort of like uh, 
yeah, like that. And and but no, no, Pinocchio gets absolutely fucked off of that cigar. Hundred yeah. <laughs> like, percent. It's is it's a, it deserves its warning. It really it does. It one hundred percent does. And that's. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to stand by that. I don't get why it doesn't have an alcohol warning either. I think it should um, have the or full an excessive warning. violence warning. All of it. It should have the full screen. Yeah. Like this. Like, let me explain why we're still airing this movie. Warning. Hundred yeah. percent needs to, it's it's got to have one because I'm now we're done with Pleasure Island. He gets away. Right. He's he's still got his ears and his tail, but he gets away, and now all he has to do. I think that was somehow supposed to be one of the virtues, but he doesn't accomplish anything. And again, I mentioned it before, the fucking coachman just gets away. Yeah. And we see those boys being turned into donkeys and it's horrific. I mean, they're in a straight, like, yeah, it is really bad. Like screaming for their mothers. Some of the most fucked up shit I've ever seen in Disney and I think ever will. Like it is really, really just deeply wrong. Mm -hmm. And and the one that can still talk, they throw it back. Yeah, there's like a small little group of them that can still they're still, quote, boys enough. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I want to know what happens to them. Are they kept there because the boat leaves? Are they killed? Are they released? (laughs) Okay, so when they first come in, like the party carriage into Pleasure Island when they're all still boys is drawn by mules. And I'm like, oh my God. Shut the fuck up. I never noticed that. Are you serious? I wrote it down. I was like, are these, is that the children? Is this the other boys? Like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. They're drawn in by the, by other mules and it is so fucked. I, and so I imagine that that's part of it. And like, what is the, this guy, what's the guy's name? The, What's the bad guy's name for this section? Oh, Carriage the coachman. Driver? The coachman? That's yeah. so uh, weird. So the coachman. Dude, it totally is. I'm looking at the image right now. Oh my yeah. God. I can't believe I never noticed this. Fucked up. Like it's the same donkeys too. Like they're drawn the same way. This is not like a, you know, different. Technically it's, yeah, it's not different. Like they don't look Dude. like a different thing. It's the boys. It's fucked up. And, and where are they going? Like, who are they being sold to? Like this dude is making money. He is succeeding. The, he gets no punishment. It is wild. The only thing that we see is a lot of the first. So we only see him interact with two donkeys. The first one is what's your, the, is the one he pulls the clothing off and throws them in a box. If you God. look on the side of the box, it says salt mines. So they're being sold into labor. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Explicitly. Yeah. There's no hiding it either. And he's not like, I, I, dude, I seriously still cannot get over that the fucking carriage is drawn by donkeys. That's so insane to me. It's so dark that they put like that somebody was like, I know. Yeah. I know how we get here. I mean, this is like, it's really fucked up. Dude. And and the, the donkeys, like, clearly these aren't the ones that can still talk because they're not trying to warn the other boys. Like, they're yeah. just drawing the carriage. Like, mm-hmm. just bringing other boys to their same fate. Like, it is, it is so fucked up. And what is never addressed, and, like, my burning question for Pinocchio is how? How are they able to do this? Yeah. How is this? And, and it's not, like what you were saying earlier, maybe this helps to explain Honest John... And and giddy, but I don't think it does because they're ex- they're really making it clear that they don't want anyone to know that these were once people that they don't talk. They're not yeah, anthropomorphic exactly. animals. They're they're animals. So how? Well, and 
there's there is that's the scariest part about it is there literally is no explanation it's basically just saying like not obeying and following the rules can lead you into terrible things i guess that's like a really shitty explanation for their situation but the only thing that we really find out is when the coachman first tells honest john and giddy about taking them to pleasure island Honest John is like, wait a minute, what about the law? Like, the like whatever. And the coachman's like, no, no. Like, we're good. So, that brings a whole nother line of questions. Is the, you know, is the township in, in on this? Are, are government officials in on this? Like... How corrupt is it? Like, how far does a rabbit hole go? On yeah, this and he's clearly been doing this for a long time. He gives yeah. them a shitload of money. Yeah, and Pleasure Island is really well established, right? Yep. Like it's they have this like on lockdown and it's a big space and it's they oh, it's so terrifying. Yeah. Like just, what is this what is happening here from the, like behind the scenes on this town and the fact that they never go back like Pinocchio doesn't have any inclination like to be selfless. And no, he doesn't even go to, looking like, for Lampwick. These people. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't give a fuck about Lampwick. Like zero shits given about any of the other boys, or the fact that this is an ongoing thing, or the fact that Honest John and Giddy are still just out there, and yeah. they picked him up three feet from his house, mm-hmm. and he goes back there at the end of this movie to live. Yeah. And at no point is it like, yo, Geppetto, like let's use your hookups as like everybody's favorite in town to solve a problem because yeah, we have a like a serious, thing. insidious crime ring happening so, here in Italy. <laughs> I, I actually, that really bothered me because not only are they like now being paid and they got away with it, but they've basically committed kidnapping. So yeah. I was like, there has to be something that happens with these. And originally he was supposed to encounter Honest John and Giddy one more time. And it was supposed to lead to them being arrested, but it got cut from the movie. So, again, we are left with the canonical version of the film that has three of the four villains succeeding in their endeavors. Because we're we're not counting Monstro. I'm not counting Monstro because he's an animal. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. All but yeah. All of the human villains, and I agree, not counting Monstro, because I'm not. We'll talk about what his, his motivations are in a second, but. Um, yeah they all get away with it and it is weird that he has like of his three sort of main adventures that make up this weird episodic movie two of them he gets into because of honest john and giddy like there's there's secondary villains to that who are like they're setting him up with stromboli and with Mm -hmm. the coachman but like it's they're the instigators for that and not for the monstro thing which i think is interesting like it doesn't it doesn't rhyme anymore yeah and they get away with it and it's like man they're the ones who were like really like your low level like street dealer bad guys who like pinocchio could have like done something about and like stop them from like picking kids up off the street on their way to school like literally outside his door they just let that roll it just well and that's the thing like fuck about anybody yeah for real and then he learns no lessons he, he doesn't and so he goes back to the house Everything is covered in cobwebs because it's been eons since he's been to the house. Apparently, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like I'm surprised the door had like rotted away. This is his second time back to the house, right? Because he is. goes back well, after no, Stromboli. He tries to go back to the house after Stromboli, and that's when Honest John finds him. 
Right. Okay. So this is his first time back to the house, and yeah, it's been yeah. eons. It's been the toy shop <laughs> in clothes. And fucking. Um, where's the TVA for this shit? Like, yeah, <laughs> clearly not. This is, I Something's guess, part of the sacred timeline. Yeah. It needed to happen. It needed to but, happen. So she, first of all, the blue fairy made it abundantly clear she is not going to help him again, which was a flat out lie. So already we've got the person who set the laws for Pinocchio to follow breaking those laws she sends a dove down which i think is important it's a dove i know um it's so there's so much religious symbolism in this movie it's like it's asinine and I don't know what to make of it because Jiminy Cricket is such a fucking failure. And I just really am like, is. what is this movie trying to tell me? Why does he get a medal at the end? I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I, oh my God. It's, there's, we'll, so we'll get to like the end of the story with Jiminy here. But, but yeah, the blue fairy comes and brings this like message from, from God, basically, yeah. through the dove, right? That he, says Geppetto. has been swallowed Geppetto by Geppetto went to find you and he yep. was swallowed. But yeah. Jonah was swallowed by the whale. Yep. And it's and it just keeps getting piled on more and more heavily. Mm-hmm. And so I am just like, okay. First of all, this comes out of fucking nowhere. And second of all, how is this happening off screen? Oh yeah. Like Geppetto I would have much rather seen that happen. Way. Yeah, I could have passed on everything because again, this is Geppetto's movie. It was his wish. Who gives a fuck what Pinocchio is doing? I want to know how Geppetto got swallowed by Monstro. For real. A hole. He was swallowed whole because the hole. boat is still there. And functional. Yep. He and is he alive built a raft. and well. Like, oh my God, dude. Again, yeah. I'm going to go back to it because they're fucking there too. Why are Figaro and the fucking and Cleo with him? I, this is what I need to know. Like, I need this movie that tells me what was going through Geppetto's mind when he packed up fucking everything and everyone and, yeah. and went out to find Pinocchio with, like, On none of water. his... Yeah, like, why does he think Pinocchio's at sea? I And there wasn't maybe, like, I mean, I'm if I'm writing this movie, maybe a flyer comes across the, the his path with Pinocchio performing for Stromboli and he goes finding him. So I'm like, okay, yeah. This movie is the biggest missed opportunity. Um sorry for my Google Home. Uh <laughs> this is the 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 biggest missed opportunity for like finding Nemo. Like this is low key yeah. finding Nemo, right? Mm-hmm. Where if they included that, if they just made the movie like a little less fucking weird and a little bit longer, this is Finding Nemo, where they both go on separate adventures. They, like, come together in the end for their one big last yep. raw against Monstro. Like, but we don't get Geppetto's side of the story. So, like, we're losing, like, I think what could have made this a good movie. And, like, I I hope we remember to talk about this again when we go, when we get to Finding Nemo. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely leaving a note for it. Yeah, because, like, um, the fuck? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, he traipses through the the uh, the world of the ocean right he's wandering around right everyone no for some reason the fish can understand him i'm not even gonna address that because it i yeah it's pinocchio and whatever he doesn't need to breathe for some reason jiminy doesn't need to breathe well this is again what i'm saying the jiminy cricket stuff is weird yeah um (laughs) they all they just encounter him like monster first this goes out to my my uh, cousin Alex because he wanted to be a marine biologist for a long time 
um, whales don't fucking sleep like that. Right. I noticed that right away. That was one of the first things I thought was like, the fuck. First of all, this nuclear submarine sized whale (laughs) is just... Who again, laying here. he's got some kind of engorgement charm on him. <laughs> but like he's run afoul of an engorgement charm as a child. Bro, yeah. He's half he's, he's half giant secretly. <laughs> he's he's basically Fanfic we do not need. Dude, I know. And uh, even that is just more terrifying than it needs to be. It's you know, the fact that he's <clears throat> laying there like something about the like Oversized, like really fat kind of vision of an animal like laying there waiting to take you out is scary. Like I can't even think of the example that I'm thinking of, but there are oh, others of that. Yeah, right? there's Where it's tons just, of stuff. Shark, great white sharks are ambush predators. They attack you from the from below. You'd never even know they're coming. Yeah, bushmaster vipers are the perfect masters of camouflage. And I'm thinking of like sci-fi stuff too, of like the big menacing like. I'm laying here like a fat lazy thing but I'm about to get up and fuck you up like there's that kind of trope and I feel like that's what like Monster is doing here and he looks scary laying there he does like that's kind of terrifying he kind of looks like a dragon maybe that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like uh, like laying on his horde or something I don't know but Monstro to give credit is is absolutely terrifying and he is the other thing in this movie that's really animated from someone who's writing like animating a different movie oh yeah absolutely and it it comes in in two different parts when we first encounter him he's part of the background he he's just part of the scene he's not Mm -hmm. meant to move and you can always tell that because anything that's supposed to move in the scene will be crisper Mm -hmm. he's he's just there that's why when we're going by, the tuna all look crisp and animated, but Monstro in the background is that faded, kind of like portrait-looking painting. Except for his eyes, when he opens his eyes, which that honestly to me was like the most terrifying part. It was so scary. It's like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Like it's, yeah. it's he's really well done. Like he's yeah. a good, great scary villain. And that's I think that's why. I enjoyed like I loved Monstro as a kid. I thought he was mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, same. Um, and a part of me was like, whales don't. That whales don't do that. But the, like, the, there's no whale like that in the world. But then I was thinking <laughs> about no it. Whale like that. <laughs> there's no real whale like that. <laughs> like obviously. Well, and thank God, because again, stuff with fucking nightmares. Bro, for <laughs> real, deep throating submarines and shit. Like he, oh my God. he, he is the the animal version of the Weasley's tent at the yes. Quidditch World Cup. Yes. Because why? Why is there so much goddamn room inside him? So I it's, mean, the boat that Geppetto's on is not like a little Boston whaler. No. Like this shit is like that a is fucking a like on fishing boat. Like, yeah, like with a tall mast and the whole thing is completely intact. I mean, Geppetto is able to live on this. And, yeah. I, and I think sweetly, Geppetto is really like willing to. When Pinocchio does eventually arrive in the whale, Geppetto's stoked. He's like, oh, he's like yeah, we'll live on our lives whale. in the whale. Yeah, we have fish. We're going to live in the whale. Like he's totally happy to do that as long as everybody's together, which I think maybe that's why he brought yeah. Cleo and Figaro. He's just like really a good dude. Like for yeah. being such a G, like he's also just a great guy like he just wants his family to be together and like 
and 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 you know fuck traditional descriptions of family geppetto's so woke he's like me and my puppet my cat <laughs> me and my puppet my cat and my goldfish <laughs> the goldfish <laughs> oh we're gonna God. live in this fucking whale and Bro, it's gonna, I'm gonna be great I always have a hat on. I'm taking my hat off out of respect for Geppetto right now. Like, yeah, he is. I feel like this dude. He's, he's so great. That's the shirt I'm going to make for this podcast. Geppetto so woke. Geppetto so woke. <laughs> modern family. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Geppetto is the modern family. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's just, he's just, so, I mean, I think that's the sweet thing about Geppetto, right? Like, at no yeah. point is he like fairy what the fuck this is not a, like a real boy yeah right geppetto accepts pinocchio for a moment one is like geppetto is a great dude he is just he just fails to to prepare pinocchio is yeah. his fa- but other than that like geppetto just follows his heart like again i think geppetto's having hot girl summer he's having he's he doing so good <laughs> 10 out of 10 he's <laughs> just for it I'm gonna live in this whale. Just he's just so flexible. He's like, as long as we're all together, as yeah. long as there's fish, like as long as like he's like, if we have like our basic, like the mm-hmm. the first three levels of Maslow's, even if shelter is this whale, is this fucking whale? But <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like then it comes around and Pinocchio's like, we can't live like this. Oh my <laughs> right? god! Wait a minute. I learned how to make fire. Dad, hear me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And, and I uh, love this. I love that this comes full circle. I know. And it's it's so awesome. But at the same time, it's also like <laughs> just my, my again, my realistic brain. I was like, you're lighting a fire on the deck of the ship. But the ship is wood, too. Yeah, and so is Pinocchio, which and so, I think is yeah, really so. like maybe his like a selfless moment. It's like he know well because Pinocchio does know that fire can burn him. Like yeah. his first experience was that he almost burned down. Mm-hmm. So you know he knows that he's putting himself at risk. So maybe maybe this That's is a little bit brave act, yeah. and selfless. But again, I think it is in this scene that Geppetto asks him what happens, and he gets knocked over by a wave or something distracts him from lying because he's clearly lining up to lie. You can yeah. see it in his little wooden face. He's about yeah. to bullshit you, Pedro. And why? Yeah. Why would he, he do that? He doesn't learn, man. He doesn't learn shit. It's, but it's like you said before, like his, what is Pinocchio, for it being like the thing that Pinocchio is most famous for, right? The lying stuff is yeah. like, what is his motivation to lie here or then or before or ever? Like why? I just feel like he was about to bullshit Geppetto and I just I just don't get it. Like if there's anyone you can trust to tell like this is what happened and now I'm here to rescue you. Like how why I just could really tell he was lining up to bullshit Geppetto and I just didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it just like he's there. He it it just comes back to J- Jiminy not doing his goddamn job. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, and that's the thing. From the minute that they go underwater, really until the end of the movie, Jiminy is beyond useless. There's oh, he doesn't nothing do anything. for him to do. Nothing. And, then, it, because, and, and nor should there be. Because no. all the shit Jiminy should have done should have been in the first two acts of the movie while yep. we're preparing Pinocchio to like have his moment here and like earn his true boyhood, right? Like yeah. that's what this scene, like this sequence should be about. And yeah, because so Jiminy, he he really his job was earlier, and but he does nothing here. He doesn't. I don't know that he's even like in it. He's stuck outside the whale 
for a big yeah, portion of it. Yeah, he is until they make Monstro sneak. So, well, so, yeah, so that's the thing. He's trying to get in. He has to hide in the bottle from the seagulls. They make Monstro sneeze, which I can't even begin to tell you how horrible this plan is. Mm-hmm. He He sneezes the raft out. Right? They're getting away. They somehow have paddles now. Yeah. Um, at what point would... there? It's a two-part question, but how did Monstro notice they were on the the raft? He's got, he's got smoke everywhere. He can't see anything. I mean, obviously, he, like, flips out and, like, takes right, in a I bunch mean, of a water gi- and... A giant ship on fire inside his person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be the first check engine light you'd look at not (laughs) not the fucking raft with the wooden kid and the fishbowl and and this is where i think his motivation is really interesting because it's like on paper i kind of am like cool so monster was like in universe monster was this terrifying monster right like this whale exists in universe this whale exists and also just to make sure that we like acknowledge that this is Jonah and the whale. So this is that whale of biblical mm-hmm. nature. And yeah. also this is like, it's not, not Moby Dick. You See, know what I mean? Those are the, those are the parallels I drew more of. Yeah. Especially when he's chasing them because he does yeah. destroy the boat. He does <clears throat> on purpose. And it's, so it's kind of like why, cause if Monstro's just a fish, you know, or I understand he's a mammal, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, then I don't really blame Monstro for anything like okay he ate that boat like that kind of seems like what a, a whale of that yeah. stature would likely do if it came across a boat like great I don't really blame Monstro that's just sort of like a situation you need to get yourself out of but Monstro really is like targeting them and I don't totally understand why except for the fact that he's kind of an allusion to Moby Dick and, and obviously Jonah and the whale mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't and really get it. I, this is where I think the final act of the movie is kind of where the majority of the the problems persist. Mm-hmm. Figaro and Cleo would never, unless they're locked in that little red box on the raft, which if they are, that's fine. They would never have survived the entire encounter with Monstro. And yet, none of it. (laughs) Yeah. After Monstro uh, gets face fucked by the cliff face, (laughs) he. So Geppetto washes up on shore. And then the very next wave washes Figaro, who's laying on a plank, and Cleo, who I can't even begin to tell you. How the fuck is she still in that bowl? How dead that fish would yeah, be? It, I can't. Oh my god! It just floats in like as though. I mean, and if Cleo's a saltwater fish, then I, I can. No, she's goldfish. She's not. Yeah. Know, so. This isn't Jamba Juice. She'd be freaking, <laughs> dude. She'd be the worst looking smoothie of all time. <laughs> like that is legit true it, though. Oh my god! And then this is the part that gets me. Like this is the part where I was like, this movie is so fucking violent. I genuinely can't believe there isn't another warning on this. Yeah. Is Jiminy then appears on the rocks and is like looking for Pinocchio. It's about ten seconds go by. He's calling his name and then he pan. He looks the other way, and he finds this again. We're supposed to believe he is more or less a child. Mm-hmm. He's a this real boy. Child's body 
face down in the water, not dead. moving, fully yeah. dead. Dead body. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is honestly, honestly, that is one of the worst images I've ever seen in Disney. In, in any so Disney bad. movie. And we, so we had Snow White's body, but not dead and very much revered. So mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, and now immediately in movie two, we're getting this. I, we're going to get, we're going to get a body in Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Um, but where we don't get a body, interestingly, is Bambi. And I think, well, okay, we get the one that we'll talk about. We don't get Bambi's mom mm. the way people, I think, expect you to. So yeah. this really is like, what the fuck? Like, Disney didn't even do this for Bambi's mom. Yeah. Like It's it, insane. It, but yeah, anyway, so that's... <laughs> That's the end of the movie. He's dead. That, no, yeah, he's dead. No. <laughs> but I mean, they do bring his corpse back to the Yeah, the, and the then cottage, they lay him though. in the bed. And it again, I know he's Which, crying, but it looks Geppetto. like Geppetto's... He, yeah. He's he's lost it at this point. Which I know he's a G and he's woke as fuck. But I, ha- <laughs> I can't let it slide that a lot of this is his fault. I, th- I really blame him for a lot of it. Like he just sh- he should have kept Pinocchio at home and like taught him how to be yeah. a real boy. And like Geppetto should have taught him those lessons. And I wonder if that was the Blue Fairy's intent. Like I wonder if the Blue Fairy is sitting up in her star. Like what the fuck do you mean yeah. school? Like <laughs> hang it's on, the Captain hang Kirk on. meme. Like what that. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, <laughs> I think she she like. She did a really good job of explaining to Pinocchio what Pinocchio needed to learn, but Pinocchio didn't really even know what any of that meant. Like, she needed to be like, Geppetto, wake up. Look, I've brought yeah. you a, a wooden boy. Let me explain to both of you what your mission is so that they could have, like, worked. Like, that's a movie I could have watched. Well, that's the thing. And you said it at the beginning of the episode, too. But he, so, <laughs> Geppetto makes this wish. Why is Pinocchio the one that has to make the wish come true? Yeah. Pinocchio is like the innocent bystander that was just brought to life by this toy maker's desire to have a child. (laughs) And Pinocchio's the one that's like, hey, why don't I just get murdered, sold into slavery, and, uh, you know, almost fucking killed like three times. Well, and it's like that stuff is on the bad guys who get no punishment, right? He gets like manipulated and kidnapped and yeah, scot-free. So it's it is the weirdest kind of conceit for the like the setup is just so odd that that Pinocchio has to make that wish come true and he has no information and it's like she sort of puts that on Jiminy right you're right like she does kind of say okay Jiminy Cricket like you're responsible for making sure this piece of literal wood is able to come through to make Geppetto's dream come through which like it just is so like the blue fairy was like really drunk when she did this like she woke up the next day and she was like y'all She's telling all the other fairies, like, yo, this dude just made a wish. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) She's like, I tried. I tried, but I kind of forgot the order of operations here. I think I fucked up. I put the puppet in charge. (laughs) She comes back the next day and like, Mary, do you even know what you did? Oh, my God. What? You (laughs) You fucked so much of this up. God wants to see you in his office. Honestly, though, like, and, and. It's it is all a mess. It really yeah. was. It it's so it's it may be the blue fairy's fault. There's a lot of it. I think goes on Geppetto, but Pinocchio did nothing wrong here. Oh, he yeah. really was just set up to fail from moment one. Yep. And 
and much like Snow White, was really just kind of lucky. Like, I don't think Pinocchio played a lot of roles in getting himself no. out of this. And maybe maybe the Blue Fairy was, after her uh, meeting with God, was told to go fucking fix that. And that's, and that's why, why she was she... able to come back a bunch of times yep. after she said she went in and be like, I'm just kidding, sorry. I, I really didn't do great here. Like, it's a customer service fail. I just want to see her, like, show up with a box of her stuff and be like, hey... I'm just checking in on your guys' happy family. I'm about to move out west, but just want right. to let you know. I'm being relocated. <laughs> <laughs> I really think this might kind of be on her. Like, she's, she yeah. set this up really poorly. And and also, I think the movie missed out on on Geppetto. Mm-hmm. I think there's a section of this movie that where it could have been Finding Nemo that would have made it great. Um, but overall, I mean, it, I guess that, yeah, the end of the movie, Pinocchio comes to life right they did and i and for what reason i don't know like i think she i think blue fairy got busted i really do because yeah. she comes back for for no reason to to give him this wish because pinocchio accomplished none of this he yeah. was he did i think brave and selfless mm-hmm. to an extent in the monstro save but the true thing never honest. got accomplished it never yeah it okay oh my god longest episode of all time um, I, know. I need to know what you gave this movie. All right. Let me see. I gave this movie a three out of 10. Me too. Yeah. 100%. Um, I got some nostalgia from like the beginning a little bit and it was, it looked good, which we didn't really talk about. Mm-hmm. We talked about a little bit. It looked yeah. really good. It was a big accomplishment, but overall it's just all over the place and it's not my favorite. Um, and then. I'll give my villain death rating as well, and then I'll hear uh, yeah. yours on those. I gave the villain death a two out of ten, d- only because like there were there were villains. Like Monster does get face fucked on the on the cliff. <laughs> yeah. But overall, it's just Pinocchio just had a really weak weak rogues gallery, is what I wrote down. He like, really and he does. had one which was kind of cool. So that's kind of I think why he gets two points. But it was weak. Yeah. So. I, as well, gave the overall movie a 3 out of 10. And honestly, I only gave it that high of a score because while he does fail at his job, some of the funniest parts in that movie are quotes from Jiminy. And I I genuinely can't tell you how hard I laughed when, after Pinocchio has lied to the point where there is now a bird nest on his nose, the blue fairy is like, Perhaps you haven't been telling the truth, Pinocchio. And Geppetto looks right at the screen and goes, perhaps. <laughs> Wait, uh, do you mean Jiminy? Or Jiminy. Yeah, sorry, Jiminy. Yeah, I was losing it. I was like, that is a fucking gold. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I gave it a zero out of ten on the villain death. Because again, we don't even know if Monstro died. He's it's a true. big ass whale. We just know he didn't succeed. He's the only villain of the four that doesn't succeed. And we've talked about it a lot in this episode. But the greatest thing about Disney villains a lot of times, except for like Maleficent or Cruella, is to them, what they're doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. So like the the thing that makes a villain a great villain is he thinks he's the hero in his own story. Right. But in this instance, Honest John, the Coachman, and Stromboli all know that they're the fucking bad guys. They all know they're in the wrong. 
And it blows my mind that they all win. Like, it is a really weird message, and it's yeah. a it's a really strange like when you put it in context of this is Disney's second ever movie. Yeah. Full stop. Like this is the message of like the original Disney movies. Like as much as Snow White, like it's fifty fifty, right? Mm-hmm. We've got this like really wholesome princess story and then we've got this fucked up nightmare fuel of just with no lessons and and the villains all get away and it just taught parents in the 80s to keep their kids at home and i think like that's what pinocchio is and it's 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 all the pinocchio it's more than than all the pinocchio will ever need in our lives i'll never really watch is. that live action thing like i won't I'm, either yeah i'm i think but i think monstro was the best villain because uh because he does think he's the hero of his own story like you say mm-hmm. right like monstro like he's just he's just like giant whale gonna giant whale oh yeah you know and that makes sense like what, what monstro was doing is mostly makes sense i don't understand his animosity for that the vengeful thing is yeah that's some like jaws moby dick level shit but yeah but i get the trope oh yeah yeah 100 like, percent. and i'm here for it mm-hmm. and monstro is terrifying but time. he's probably, I mean, Geppetto is the best part of this movie, but I like Geppetto and I like Monstro and the rest of it can get, like, the TVA can come and take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so it's what I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am here for it. Um, but, yeah, in that case, I will let you take us out of here. Yeah, I think that that takes us out of Pinocchio. I think we're, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think we had fun with it, but ready to... Uh, <laughs> to leave it to die um next week we're going to talk about fantasia or next time um so i hope you join us for that and um we will we'll see you soon stay nerdy